home, you can roll on the floor, jump over the chairs, whatever, whatever you're happy with, amen, we're good, I'm good with it. I'm sorry? Are you okay with that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was traveling with Dr. Barclay one time, and we got in this one, I don't know, I think we, I don't it doesn't matter. We were in like four states and five or six churches in a week. And I think it was in Iowa. And we got in there in an evening meeting, and he said, okay, he said, Bob, I've got to, we've got to fly out of here tonight at a certain time. So he said, when it's such and such time, you give me the, your cell phone. I was sitting over there where Pastor is. He said, show me your cell phone, and I'll know it's time for me to start winding it down. And so I, I'm watching my clock, you know, and first time a preacher ever asked me to shut him off. And I... I <laughs> I'm sitting over there, sure enough, it comes up on time. And I put that up on large numbers, you know, and I hold my cell phone out there like that. I'm sitting there, I'm holding my cell, cell phone, and he, he walks over and he kind of looks that way and just ignores me. <laughs> and so I thought, well, maybe he didn't see it. So I kept holding it out there, and then he kind of started that way, you know, how Doc will do. Some of us kind of like to move a lot. And he got over that way a little bit, and he's looking right at me. I, I put it out there a little further, you know, like, see this knock? He just kind of ignored me and kept on preaching. And I finally realized he was seeing it, but he wasn't paying attention to it. Yeah. Right. He got the signal. It's kind of hard to stop the Holy Ghost. Amen. But I find in a lot of the church, a lot of, and when I say church, I don't mean church houses. I mean a lot of the body of Christ, it's kind of hard to get him started. Amen. Amen. We're, we're doing a, I'm, a, I'm intentionally not grabbing hold of this pulpit yet. I have no notes with me today. Well, I have one little sticky note. I kept praying about y'all and, and what, Father, what do you want to say at Church of the Living Word in Boonville? What do you, this has been weeks. Yeah. What do you want to say? He said, I'll meet you at the pulpit. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know what I'm doing today. It's all right. This is not going to be a preaching performance, but, but I do intend that it's going to be a manifestation of the Holy Spirit Amen. with power. Amen. Amen. Not, not because of me, that's but right. because we're willing vessels. But I think that is, is, and that's why I'm not taking hold of that pulpit yet, because when I do, I know something's going to happen. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for having us. Sherry and I are so glad to be here. Um, I found out years ago, I just, I just want to testify a little bit. I found out years ago, um, I grew up in church but and belonged to three major denominations and I learned their doctrines, I learned their catechism, I learned all that stuff without getting born again. I, went, I, did, I did some, and not putting anything, anybody down, it just, it didn't work. But sitting in an old rocking chair, at my aunt's house in Lagodi, Indiana, an old rocking chair that my mamma Price, that would have been my mother's mother, Esty Price, used to sit in and pray for all us kids. I was sitting there my life, I'd run from God for almost 16 years, and I mean, I ran hard. I did some things. I did some good things, but they weren't the things he had for my life. I became a journeyman carpenter. I became a journeyman tool and die maker. I mean, I did some things. I learned some things. I learned things I never should have known. But I got them, and he's using them. But sitting in a rocking chair one day, my life had crashed all around me. It just, it was all 
me holding it up, what I had constructed, what I was holding up. And I told, I told the father, I said, I'm, I'm done. I give up. I, I don't want to be anything first but your son before I'm anything else. I just want to be your son. He said, you are my son. Stand up. This is what I want you to do. When it was blank after that. Be my son is what he wanted me to do. And I began to realize there were several supernatural manifestations that happened shortly after that. That was in March, that was March 31st, 1989. And then early on, within the next few weeks, I got a command from him by Holy Spirit in a tour and buy shop that I was working in, machine shop, advance the kingdom. Yes, sir. Then a few days later, no more church as usual. Didn't know what that meant. I knew advance the kingdom meant we wouldn't stop. There'll be no plateau. It's going to be pushing forward all the time, always going forward, always looking forward. Amen. I love this. Really been enjoying this right here because the world seems like a wilderness right now. A lot of places in the United States seem like a wilderness right now. They're not the way we grew up. Amen. And then I had an open vision right there in that same machine shop. I stepped out of an aisle to go over to the tool crib, and it was a big T, and the aisles were about 10 feet wide. And, and uh, I'm walking towards the tool crib, and all at once... I had an open vision. I was aware of my surroundings, but I could see a group of human ears about three feet tall standing right over there. And then I looked over here and there was a group of eyes and a group of noses and a group of hands and a group of feet. And, and Jesus nudged me and said, look, this is what my body looks like. Wow. Gathered together in groupings of their own similarity but separated and pretty powerless. I said exactly what Pastor Mike and Linda just said. Wow. And then he said this. He nudged me again. He said, I'm going to use you to help me put it back together. And I found out in 1989 that God did not create a religion called Christianity. That was not his purpose whatsoever. We're Christians, but that's the family name, yeah. not the religious name. We're Christians because we're of the Christ. We're brothers and sisters. Amen. My granddad, I call him Bob Gregory, the original. He was Robert Gregory. My dad was Robert Gerald Gregory. I'm Robert Eugene Gregory. Our son is Seth Robert Gregory. Amen. But granddad was Robert the original. I'm a part of his family. I carry the name. I don't have to get out my birth certificate or my parents or my grandparents will to know that whatever's in the family belongs to me. This is what the father's been up to all these generations. And when we see a body or a body parts it's pretty easy to grab the realization that that needs to be together and functional. Mm -hmm. 
Sometimes we call them tribes, don't we, Pastor Sherry? But then groupings, most of the world knows it as denominations of Christianity. I'm not putting denominations down, at it, and not at all, because we're all brothers and sisters, same of the, part of the same body. But we have the ears speaking to the feet and saying, you're not any good, you can't hear. Well, of course not. But ears, how did you get there without the feet? When we talk about building the kingdom of God, we're talking about advancing the kingdom of God. We're not talking about advancing a religion. Amen. And we address the Father. We don't study our Bible because we're supposed to, because that's our religious duty. That's right. It's our family inheritance. It's the greatest storybook of our family. Yeah. It really is. Amen. And certainly we don't pray because we're supposed to. But a lot of us do. But once we get past those things, then we'll begin to realize, wait a minute, this is all it takes to let Holy Spirit have his way. Amen. 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 Um, just a little bit more testimony. and I really think you should come and share some of this, Sherry. Um, and then I'll get there in a minute. You going to open your Bible? I intend to. <laughs> Can I? Yeah. You had to slide it on. I ran almost 16 years, and, had, and between the two of us, we have over 30 years of drug and alcohol addiction. Um, when I finally did submit to the, to the Lord's life, I immediately found myself on the street in Harley gangs and on, on, in construction sites and factories and places where I worked. Um, I played country music. I grew up playing country music and I had a contract. I was a member of Broadcast Music International, Nashville Songwriters Association, and, and we had, it took me a year to get out of my country music performance contracts. Some of them I could get out of, some of them I had to go play. But every time I had one that I had to go play, Jesus became the centerpiece. Oh, your cheating heart became your precious blood. <laughs> and I can sing it and play it. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> That's the truth. Um, I had hair down the middle of my back for 21 years. I, my first, the first church I pastored, I had hair down the middle of my back. I told Pastor Mike this morning, uh, it had been a congregational Christian church for 117 years. They'd never had a Holy Ghost baptized pastor till me. Wow. We had an outhouse. Down at our church in, in Evansville, we got one bathroom, but it's in the building. The first church I pastored, it was outside. <laughs> wow. I had one, one or two holes. It was one hole. Amen. Over in southern Illinois. And got in that church. That was 1991. I started out in jail ministry, not because I was incarcerated, but because the Lord sent me there. I won't tell that long story. But out of that jail ministry, I didn't start with somebody's ministry. Holy Spirit took me there through prayer. That's like when you sit down and talk to Daddy. Abba, Father, when you sit down and talk to Daddy and he talks back. You know, Most of us don't like prayer because we do too much talking. We need to do more listening and then do some doing of what we're hearing. And so 
was the only one baptized the Holy Ghost when I started pastoring there, Pastor Mike. And they had two, they had two uh, deacons, and they got baptized in the Holy Ghost. The piano player got baptized in the Holy Ghost. The song leader got baptized in the Holy Ghost, and we started to have some meetings. Healings and miracles and signs and wonders have been consistent throughout the years. Four times we've raised people from the dead every time God has said to. Um, just a kid from southern Indiana that started listening and doing what the Father said to do. Nobody special, just a part of operating in the family of God. Our daddy can do it all. Our Jesus has done it all in flesh like ours <laughs> perfectly. And while I was, like I said, we got over 30 years of drug and alcohol addiction between the two of us, five times incarcerated between the two of us. I was in Tulsa, Oklahoma, living there because I wanted to be close to Kenneth Hagin Ministries. Sherry, I'm going to throw this to you in just a minute, and I'll be ready to catch it. Sherry was in Richmond, Virginia, part of Faith Landmarks Ministries. They had 1,100 teenagers in their youth group, over 10,000 people in that church, 9,000 in the church I was in. 1994, the Holy Spirit sent me from Tulsa into southern Illinois into a little church, uh, not a little, but 250 people uh, in, called uh, Only Christian Fellowship. And the next year, and I went kicking my feet. I didn't want to leave Tulsa. And the next year, he sent Sherry from Richmond, Virginia, into the same church. We met there, and here we are. So, so I, um, I as well have been through it <laughs> in, in my days. Um, uh, I, I was born again when I was 17. Long story short, um, the reason I'm here today is because God took me through some drug and alcohol addiction in victory. Yeah. Um, I've been in jail. Um, I, I was arrested uh, and taken part, had taken part in a crime. Um, they charged me as if I had committed it. I was just there. And put me in jail from July 4th to December something in 1988 um, and from that point forward God rescued me because he he knew that he had a plan for me yes and I I received it gladly and, and repentantly and humbly but um, the Lord has proven to me that a person doesn't have to, to grow up rich uh, or grow up poor to be called Amen. Amen. He, he forms us in, in our mother's wombs, and he has a plan for us. The Lord says this, and, and if we'll follow that plan, that's where our complete joy comes in. Yes. And um, so I'm in victory today. I'm an ordained minister. I, 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 I was, it took me a while, believe me. <laughs> it took me a while to get to the point where I would receive him fully. Uh, as Lord, not just as Savior. So that's my part. Not finished. That's all, that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> don't leave. So we meet in 1995. And I don't recommend doing this. We met in June of 1995 and we were married in December of 95. I don't recommend that. But we were both 40 when we met. 
we're, I'm not telling anybody's age. I'm certainly not telling Pastor Sherry's age. However, you can, if you've got a little mathematic, you know, you can figure. We were married when we were 41, and we both knew because we were both walking with the Father in Christ Jesus by Holy Spirit. We knew. But there's a funny story, okay? We had, we had a very active church ministry, very active there in Olney. And uh, <clears throat> neither one of us were from there. Her parents were from that area, both of them, but they had been gone for years and moved back home and to retire. And, and uh, so I'm seeing her at church, and I'm seeing her at the Wednesday that we had cell group meetings for the church all broke out. And I led a meeting at our praise and worship leader's house, and, and she started showing up to that one. I thought, oh, Lord. Well, praise the Lord. This, this, this nice to have the new lady in the church, in the, in the cell group meeting. And then we got to visiting a little bit outside of church, which we were both kicking and screaming because we both had a lot of failure in life, and I didn't trust myself at all, and she didn't really hurt either. But God was putting us together. Guys, if you've ever been there, I, I went over to her house one day, and I was walking up, and I'm thinking, I'm having feelings I ought not have. You know, I'm beginning to like this lady for more than a sister in the Lord. I walked up, and there's a screen door, and she, she met me at the screen door. She was standing inside the screen door, and she said, we need to talk. I thought, uh-oh, she knows. Have you been there? <laughs> she knows. I said, uh, okay, you go first. And she says, quote, I'm beginning to have feelings for you. And I thought, oh, Jesus, there is a God. <laughs> there is a God. <laughs> but God has done for us what he said he would do, and that's to make us family. And we are family of God ambassadors, crusaders. No, I think we're just family of God members. Nothing special other than, you know, that, that saying, I can do all things in Christ who strengthens me. That's the reverse of I am nothing without the Lord. I am nothing without Christ Jesus. But the reciprocal of that, if you like math, is then I'm everything with him. Amen. With him, I'm nothing. Amen. But with him... I can believe everything is impossible. Those things that are impossible to man are, pos are, are possible to God. We're now family of God. Y'all been, I'm sure, with Pastor Mike, y'all have at least, you know, I don't want to qualify anything or quantify, but, you know, you, you know, you are a spirit, you have a soul, you live in a body. And we try to be spirit-led without spirit in, intermingling with God. And we find out most of the time we're hung up on carnality or thinking Reasoning, logic, amen. It's, it's our go-to. It's who we are. We've looked at other people's experiences. We've looked at our own experiences. We've gained knowledge, understanding, and wisdom because of what we've seen, experienced. And we reason and logic, and we move by what we've seen. That's good, but then what about being moved by Holy Spirit? That's it. Supernatural. But we can't skip over and get to that without supernatural communication. 
And I find he's there all the time. Do you have anything else you want to add? Seriously? Okay. All right. Thank you. I'm, I'm purposely holding back. All right. You can resist. All right. You can resist. Just don't resist Holy Spirit. Amen. And if you show me a clock in a little bit, Pastor, I'm probably going to ignore it. No, I won't. No, I won't. Praise God. Thank you, sweetie. Let's pray. Father, thank you for Pastors Mike and Linda. Thank you, Father, for Church of the Living Word in Boonville, in southern Indiana, the United States, on the earth. Thank you, Father, for this ecclesia, this call-out group of people that you've called, of your sons and your daughters, that you've called to rule and reign in victory in Christ Jesus. Here is Shabaka. Come on, let's pray. Let's pray together. Shabaka rende di skeda brokolat and the and let us see brosis bakalat and the and. Dalandeli ma shabrokolat asite. Diandala tasebrolat bakalat asite. Chimaste lekatasin brokuntatari daraneli. Shrongolonda la bakasta. Chamata chamata. Roskinamokarabaki. Dalandidi skeratianda. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Jesus, you said where two or more of us are gathered together in your name on earth and we agree on a thing as touching it, we shall have it. So we agree right now, Father, in Jesus' name for manifestation of Jesus Christ here by Holy Ghost. Thank you for manifestation of total victory. I thank you, Father, that every weapon that has tried to slow down, impede, or stop this part of the body of Christ is now shown to be seized, destroyed, and removed in the name of Jesus. I thank you, Father, that in this time and forward, we are experiencing through this part of Jesus' ministry, Living Word Church, the Church of the Living Word in Boonville, we are experiencing healing and health prosperity and wealth, deliverance and freedom in every realm, spirit, soul, body, relationships, and finances. And we give you the glory. I thank you, Father, that as your sons and daughters intentionally move into the secret place, into the inner chamber, that it's not hard to see and know. I thank you, Father, for the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you, but it's through this that the contact in the spirit, that intermingling, that communion in the spirit, that you cause my brothers and sisters in this ecclesia, this called out group of your family, to see and to know, and then to have the wisdom on how to do it and what what to do, how to do it. And we thank you for results. I thank you, Father, for supernatural results. Results through Pastors Mike and Linda and this entire congregation and those that belong to this congregation that are not here. Those that haven't even showed up yet that are showing up. Not to grow a church, but to grow your body. We give you glory, Father, in the name of Jesus.
Thank you, Lord. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. He, he just reminded me of something. He said, the Holy Spirit said to me, I was coming, I was going out of the west side of Palestine, Illinois. This was early 1991. And I'm driving, I could do a Brother Hagen here and tell you the truck, how many miles it had on it, what time of day it was, it doesn't matter. It was a red Ford pickup truck. And I'm driving along, and Holy Spirit said, pull over and write. I just pulled over. I have a Bible and a journal and an ink pen right there alongside a cup of coffee. Don't ever drive without coffee. Amen. <laughs> Trucks, cars run on gasoline and coffee. Amen. <laughs> but this is what he said. He said, it is imperative that you not become offended by what I cause you to see and know in the Spirit. I'm going to say that again because some of you are writing. It is imperative that you not become offended by, by what I cause you to see and to know in the Spirit. A lot of times we deal with things based on what our five physical senses show us. Most of the time we do. And we try to get God to help us with it. If you want to write that down, I'll tell you again. I've, I've got this thing memorized really, really well. It's posted at my, at my desk at home. Amen. It is imperative that you not become offended by what I cause you to see and to know in the Spirit. When we begin to see in the Spirit and to know in the Spirit, it's not just a God chose to do something it's a matter of being spiritually minded. We look at things through the filter of Holy Spirit, not just we're waiting for Holy Spirit to manifest himself in us, on us, or through us. For some more spectacular thing, we learn to live by unction of Holy Spirit. 1 John 2.20 says you have an unction from the Holy One and you know all things. But most of us don't know all things because we're not blended with him in the unction. So we don't see and know a lot of things we could because we're moving more in the carnal realm, in the reasoning and logic sense realm. Amen. We're Christians. We pray. We study. We, we're part of a body of, of, of believers. Amen. We fellowship. We're determined to be the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. We're working more and more diligently on being more and more holy. We're working on that process, amen. We're being improved daily, amen. But if we continue in a sense realm leading, then we don't see in the Spirit consistently. But this is the Father's desire. That's why he sent Holy Spirit to be inside of us. He didn't just send the Holy Spirit inside of us to witness that we're born again, he does. But to guide us, yes, I want to be guided. But, but that's a prayer life. Being guided by Holy Spirit is a prayer life. Prayer is communicating. Speaking and listening. Active speaking and active listening. Not just active speaking. Most of us don't have a very big prayer life because we think we've got to do all the talking. 
And it's kind of like, why would I do all the talking when I know so little and I'm talking to someone who knows everything and not giving them room to speak to me? Well, I know, I've tried that, I've heard other people say that, and it didn't work. Are you telling me that, that the Holy Spirit quit on you? What well, kind of feels like it? Are you led by feelings? Or does your Bible say, I will never leave you, and I will never forsake you? That's a father. That's a father. We have children, we have grandchildren, Two great grandchildren. <clears throat> Amen. You hear your child call out, call out. I really don't even need for them to call out if they turn to me. I can get a text from one of them. They have my attention. I don't have to hear. Ah! And and we get our parenting. From the father. My granddad was my best friend. He was always there. He was the one person in my life that told me I could up until I got in to be an adult. And now I have actually have, I'm very blessed with a couple of mentors. One of them is an 86 year old minister, the other is an 86 year old man who retired from uh, the U.S. Department of Defense. And uh, one of them has been an amazing spiritual mentor, the other has been an amazing in the natural minister or mentor. And I enjoy good fellowship with both of them. But the one's actually become a father. The other one has a spiritual father's position, but the other one has a father fellowship. What are you pushing us to? I'm not pushing anything. I'm going to tell you what I know. I worked with 67 different journeymen going through an apprenticeship to become a tool and die maker. Took five years. Supposed to take four, but there were some layoffs. I had an interactive relationship with each one of them, but it wasn't all fellowship with every one of them. I could call out on one hand the ones that we actually had fellowship in our work. And I can tell you those guys' names. The others, I can remember them, but I don't remember their names. When I got born again, I was 250 pounds. I wasn't any taller. Bless my darling heart. I was a rough case, tough case. And I find that as we become adults, we become hardened to a lot of things. We just have to, we've got to, we've got to get the job done. We've got to be tough. We've got to deal with the world. We've got to deal with these bodies. We've got to deal with the devil. Uh, amen. And, we, and, and other people. But we're never, ever to lose our position or our relationship or our fellowship with our Father as Abba. Daddy. Daddy. And I found that I can be a whole lot tougher. Unbreakable. Unbendable. Unmovable. Faith. When I'm in sweet fellowship with my father who loves me. 
Amen. And he just keeps talking to me. I got this. I got you. You got this. Stay in peace. Stay in joy. Keep the, if, if, if you just won't let go of your joy, don't let go of your joy. I got you. I got you. I got you. But then all the stuff's going on. Ah, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? What am I going to do? Turn to the Father. Amen. You're not in this alone. That's right. I want to show you something here from the Word. I got real clarity up here when I grabbed hold of your pulpit. Amen. Exactly. Here again, the Father here goes doing what he said he would do. Go to Romans chapter 8. Amen. Amen. Romans Amen. chapter 8. Yeah. Verse, are you all right? Okay. Yes. Yes, ma'am. Is that better? Is that better, Chris? Is that better? Did that? No. No? Is that better now? We're getting there? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Praise God. All righty. Amen. Romans chapter 8, verse 1. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Romans 8, verse 2 says, For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. But let's go back and look at Romans chapter 8, verse 1. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. There's three conditions, three qualifiers in verse 1. And most of the body of Christ grabs the first one and says, I'm good. There's no condemnation because I'm in Christ Jesus. That's, that's the basis, really it's used as the basis of the disgraceful grace message. Yeah. Amen. Uh, there's, no condom, there's no guilt and shame. I'm in Christ Jesus. Amen. But we're, we're going to redefine condemnation here in a minute. Condemnation is not just guilt or shame. Condemnation is also sickness and disease coming at you. Condemnation, amen. You, you know you don't get condemnation from God. Right? That's right. You, 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 know that, you know that no condemnation comes from Holy Spirit. Right. There's zero. He, he convicts, but he's, he's the spirit of loving Father. Mm -hmm. Amen? I found out early on that God was after a man after his own heart. He wanted a man after his own heart. He found David, but that's what the Father wanted, a man after his own heart. I thought, yeah. well, I'm going to be that. Yeah. If that's what God wants, if that's what the Father wants, I'm going to be a man after his heart. You know what I found out his heart is? I can put it in one word. The Father's heart? Jesus. Jesus is the absolute fullness of the manifestation of the Father's heart. Glory to God. The body of Jesus Christ. You are a son of God in the Son. Your son means the Greek word huios, H-U-I-O-S. It has no gender attached, so... Guys, gals, both. We are the children of God. Amen? So we're in Christ Jesus, but when we, when we move into, and, and you need to quit bombarding the gates of heaven. They're not locked. Amen. Don't fall on your face as an unworthy sinner at the throne. Your place, according to Galatians chapter 2, Ephesians chapter 2, excuse me, 
is on the throne in Christ Jesus talking with the Father at the right hand of the Father. This is, where, this is why fellowship is missed a lot. We keep coming to him like dirty, rotten sinners. But 2 Corinthians 5.21 says we've been made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Amen. We have a right. I see myself doing this all the time. I suggest you do this. I see, I, I come up behind the throne. Not crawling up on the floor in front. Kind of walk up behind it. I see the Father. And I see Jesus. And I just kind of slip up into Jesus and sit down. He and I are both looking out the same eyes, hearing through the same ears, listening with the same heart, and we turn our attention on what the Father is saying in total close proximity. This is what the Father wants. His heart desire is Jesus. Jesus manifested the perfection of the Father himself in human flesh, our flesh took our sin, took our sickness disease, took our lack in poverty, took our bondages and addictions and gave us the victory. Destroyed the enemy, destroyed the enemy's works and gave us the victory. And we go, hallelujah, praise the Lord. But then we walk off without going, wait a minute, this draws me close. This lets me come boldly into the throne. That's Hebrews 4.16. To receive mercy and grace in a time of need, which is like every day. Right. Amen. Can I get a witness every hour? I mean, is there not a time of need every minute? Yeah. I, without you, I'm toast. But with you, I'm finally buttered and, and plenty of honey. Amen. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So in Christ Jesus, there's no condemnation. He's not sick. He's not diseased. He became sin. He didn't take sin on him. He became sin. Right? It's what your Bible says, 2 Corinthians 5.21. Even though he knew no sin, so that we, that's a miracle, for somebody to become something he didn't do, so that we might be made the righteousness of God in him, even though we didn't know any righteousness. Another miracle. It's not doctrine, it's not philosophy, it's the work of the Father. It's the Father's heart, and it is the manifestation of Holy Ghost creating us as the sonship of God, individually and collectively. I got in trouble some, but I never ran from my granddad. I used to run, run from my dad. He was a mad alcoholic ex-Marine, and I had reason to run from him. I wouldn't tell my dad, but I could run to granddad. Amen. They tell me, I don't know, they tell me I ran away on my second birthday. When I turned two, I went to granddad's house. That's where they found me. At two years old, I knew where safety was. <laughs> Amen. That's such a picture of the father. Amen. It's like, you know, I mean, I know you're running here, son, but let me help you. you know, and granddad didn't smack me on the rear and send me back down the road. No condemnation in Christ Jesus means sickness and disease has no place. Doesn't, doesn't mean that there's something wrong with you. I'm going to show you something here. If it, if it approaches you, lack and poverty has no place. Addictions, addictions and bondages have no place. They, those are condemnations that come at us. First qualifier, we're in Christ Jesus. And most of us deal with our faith right there. 
I'm in Christ Jesus. That has no place. And we even get so bold to speak to the sickness, speak to the disease, speak to the lack, speak to the poverty, speak to the problem. And sometimes it does go and sometimes it doesn't. I'm going to tell you why sometimes it doesn't. Second qualifier. Who walk not after the flesh. I do the same thing, brother. I take a deep breath on that one every time I say it. That means I resist being led by, my, by all this understanding I've gained through all these years of my experience, of other people's experience. I'm going to use it, but I'm not going to be led by it. I'm not going to go to my sense realm, my five physical senses, my own logic and understanding and reasoning, but where most of us are addicted to it. It's called carnality. The flesh is, the Greek word is carne. Amen. If you're carnal-minded, you're meat-headed. Amen. You can smile there. Sign, sign for smile. Okay. <laughs> but it's true. It's flat. To, to be fleshly, we walk out after the flesh. That doesn't just mean we're running around sinning wherever we want to sin, doing whatever we want to do. Sometimes, and the biggest deal to stop in our faith is we're not led by Holy Spirit. We're led by our understanding. We're led by our own reasoning. So this seems like a lot of work. It's a piece of cake. Once you go back and, and, and discern, I am a spirit, I have a soul, I live in a body. My spirit has a voice, it's called conscience, witness. My soul has a body, it's called reasoning. My soul has a voice, it's called reasoning. My body has a voice, it's called feelings. I'm not led by feelings, not led by reasoning. Led by the witness of Holy Spirit on the inside. How did I get that? Because the third qualifier in Romans 8.1 is they walk after the Spirit. Or we think, we speak, and we have actions based on what Holy Spirit tells us to do. And I worked hard. I worked really hard to become a carpenter. And I love it. If I, somebody asked me the other day, if you weren't doing what you're doing, what would you be doing? I said, easy, carpenter. Love it. I'm a third generation tool and die maker. My granddad had me sharpen a grill, drill bits when I was eight years old at a bench grinder, teaching me. He was a tool and die maker 41 years. My dad was a die maker for 43 years. Wow. Got to be a die maker. <laughs> and I was a good one. Yeah, I'll tell that story, Father. We're right there. That clock can't be right. Is it 12? Is it noon? Is it really? In closing. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. I, 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 really, I, really would, I really would like to go ahead and tell that story, though. Um, I was working in a CNC part of the shop. Um, I had gotten into computer-aided design, computer-aided manufacturing, and computer numerical control machinery. Did robotics and all that stuff. So I went from, I, I started learning as a die maker. I didn't even have digitals on the machines. Everything was by the crank. You had to crank the feed through all their cutting and everything that you did was all hand manual. But then I moved on into digitals and on into computer programming. In 1984, I started learning to program. And uh, so, I mean, this is some of the stuff I was doing while I was running from God. And I got really good at it. Really good. So I'm sitting there, but then, I, but then in March 31st of 89, I'm sitting in the shop, and I had the sheet metal guys make me a tray, 
a, a little table, a kick-out table for the end of my roll-around toolbox that could fold down beside the toolbox, but then I, I could fold it up and then put a prop under it there, fold it out, and I'd sit down there in a chair in the shop and I'd get me a package of the six-pack of uh, wheat and peanut butter crackers and a cup of coffee and a Bible. And instead of playing cards at break and cards at lunchtime and eating with the fellas, I would uh, sit down and get into, my, into the Word. Amen. Well, I'm sitting there reading one day at lunch. And we had a guy in from, uh, I don't matter where he's from, he's working on one of our CNC mills, milling machines. Contractor in there doing a repair job. And I'm sitting there studying, sipping coffee and eating crackers, and peanut butter and really in the word, and here comes this contractor. He comes walking up. He says, what you reading there? I thought, leave me alone. Get <laughs> out of here. I've been running from God for years. I'm finally in the word. He's talking to me out through the word. And just get out of here. Leave me alone. He said, uh, he said, that's a mighty good book. I said, yep. And he asked me something else I don't remember. He said, I'll be right back. I got something for you. I thought, good riddance. Please don't come back. <laughs> He left, went out of the building, and came back in in a few minutes, and he's walking along. He had this plastic case of something really about his plastic case about that wide, about that tall, and about that thick. And uh, he said, "Here, it had coffee stains all over it." He said, "Here, Holy Ghost told me to give you this." Well, that caught my attention when he said, "Holy Ghost told me." Told him, "Okay." Well, I took it. He said, "Enjoy." Get what you can out of them. If you want to send them back to me, fine. If you want to keep them, fine. Whatever. Well, I looked at it at the front, and it said, The Reality of the Holy Spirit by Kenneth Copeland. Hmm. I don't know who Kenneth Copeland is. I am interested in that Holy Spirit. <laughs> hmm. Six cassette tapes. Now, for you that don't remember what cassette tapes are, <laughs> six cassette tapes. And in the very first one, Brother Copeland is ministering the baptism of the Holy Ghost to a Baptist pastor. So I get to listen to that. I went all through the first six tapes. And then, you know, I'm, I enjoyed that. So I just popped tape one in and, and went started going again. And uh, all at once, I'm driving down the highway. I could tell you exactly where I was on a curve where the John Deere implement machinery was. And, and uh, I had the stop button, the pause button, and here, here I, Father, I received this. And I receive the overflow of Holy Spirit right now in Jesus' name, and boom, here come my language in tongues. I prayed in tongues for the next hour and 45 minutes. I was afraid to stop, Pastor Mike. I was afraid I wouldn't stop it, be able to start again. I've been after that for a long time. I didn't grow up like that. I didn't know you were supposed to. I mean, I didn't know you could. But, I, but then I stopped. After an hour and 45 minutes, I paused for like five seconds and then started right up again. I thought, okay. Then I paused for 10 seconds and, you know, kind of, okay, this is going to stick. This is, this is here. So a couple days later, I'm enjoying and I'm beginning to get revelation out of the Word like I've never gotten revelation before. I feel like I've actually got a close fellowship with the Father. Amen. And I'm enjoying this so much. And I thought, I'll let, I don't know who this Kenneth Copeland is, but they got a phone number on the back of this thing. I ought to let somebody down there know I, I thank you. I appreciate that. That minister, whoever that guy is, he sounds like a Texan. Sounds like it. Maybe I'll let him know. Let them know. 
So I called that number, and there's a guy answer or the voicemail answer, and I left a message. Hey, this is Bob Gregory. I'm up here in Midwest, and I just wanted to know somebody loaned me this set of tapes on the reality of the Holy Spirit. I got baptized in the Holy Ghost, got my prayer language, and I'm happy about it. Thank you for making these tapes. <laughs> Next day, I get a phone call from John Ziegler. John Ziegler was the director of ministerial relations for Kenneth Copeland Ministries Global. He and his wife, Ginger, who's still a good friend of ours, John's in heaven now, they were pulled out there to Eagle Mountain to be the first pastors of Eagle Mountain International Church at KCM. John said, Brother Bob! I said, yes, sir. He said, this is John Ziegler. And he said, got your message? He became my first word of faith full gospel pastor. And me and him burned up a lot of Kenneth Copeland's phone time. A lot. I mean, we get on the phone and talk two, two and a half hours all the time. I said, am I not keeping you here long? He says, what I'm here for. Brother Copeland started having minister's conferences in 1991. I couldn't make it to that one, but Brother John sent me all the tapes. The whole, this is a suitcase. Fifteen sessions in three days. The next year, I couldn't make it, but he sent them all to me. The next year I, I attended and I found myself sitting here amongst 500 preachers from around the world. I've been running from God for 16 years. I finally got, into, got obedient, got into his word, baptized the Holy Ghost, and here I sit. I felt like a kid with a go-kart at the Indy 500. <laughs> I really did. I mean, what in the world am I doing here? Jo Johnny, Johnny Cash's... Good, oh, yeah. Johnny Cash's road trip chaplain, Jack Shaw, was sitting there by me. And he's, he's a man in black, tall guy, long black. He looked a lot like Johnny Cash, black shirt, black pants. And he called me Bobby. I said, that's fine. Now I got this long hair, that long hair at the time. And here I sit, there's only 500, there's like, what, 1,900 of us now, 2,000, about 2,000 in that KCM conference now. And, but there's only 500 people. I could tell this was really special. How did I get here? And the father said, I got to catch you up, son. You've been running for a long time. You get obedient to my will. Now listen, y'all need to catch this. You get obedient to my will. You get in fellowship with me and hear me. And I can supernaturally speed you up from anywhere to right where you would have been if you'd never missed it. Amen. Wow. That's good. I'm going to stop with this today. That's good. That's I really don't want to stop with this today, but I'm going to stop with this today because it's 12 o'clock. I was driving home, I was living in Tulsa, Oklahoma, I was driving home to, to, to Tulsa, to Broken Arrow, in January of 1994, and I stopped, filled the truck up with, pickup truck up with gas, and got me a big cup of coffee, and I pulled back out, and I set the cruise on 55 miles per hour. This is January 94. And I noticed the sign that said Indian Nation Parkway, 21 miles. So I just kind of noted that. I went back in to pray it in the Holy Ghost. It's four-lane road and praying the Holy Ghost, paying attention to the Holy Spirit, just cruising along there. The next thing I know, Pastor Mike, I see the sign, exit for Indian Nation Parkway. I looked at the clock, five minutes had passed. Wait a minute, I traveled 21 miles at 55 miles an hour, the cruise is set, in five minutes.
January 1994. I said, God, what in the world is going on here? I feel like I'm in the twilight zone. He said, that's what translation looks like, son. I told you I'm speeding you up. I'm catching you up to where you would have been if you'd have been obedient to me this all almost 16 years. I'm catching you up. Guys, there are no limits to our daddy. Amen. And it's through the spirit. John 6.63 says it is the spirit that quickens or makes alive. The flesh profits nothing. My, the words I speak to you are spirit and are life. Amen. Amen. Not just doctrines, not philosophy. It's where our family works. This is where the family works. This is the way the family works. This is the way our family works. Our Father is God. That's not doctrine, not philosophy. He's our daddy. That's who he is. We're brothers and sisters. There's lots of titles apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher, reverend. They're all sweet, they're fine, great. Do you know the best? title that I could ever get be called Brother Bob. Brother Bob. Because we're Brother Bob. Because we're family. Brother Bob. Brother Bob. Because we're family. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna tell about the specifics of the vision. For here, for today, but it's to this side. Doesn't mean it's not to everybody else, but it is to this side. So I saw this in the spirit a week and a half ago, and it's come back almost every day. There have been things said to you that never should have been said, and because they were through people that were close to you. They landed, and they landed hard. Maybe sometimes you didn't even realize that they were landing that hard, but they've been limiters in your life. And the Father says, it's time to release them. It's time to let those words go. They've been limiters. They, it's like those words, those things that were said, place limits on you that shouldn't have been there. Even though the people that said them might have been well-meaning, might have been trying to tell the truth, or maybe sometimes they were just being mean, or they were angry. There's been things said. Take note of the things that seem like they still ride with you and bug you, but they tend to form where you feel like you are or can be. Kick them out. Speak to those thoughts and get them out. Some of them are rooted in. They've become belief, belief systems. But perfected love casts out fear. There are, there, there are no... Sometimes I don't even like to wear a suit. Sometimes I don't even like to dress up in church. And I'll tell you why. Because it seems like we always have to elevate... And I'm not saying we shouldn't. Okay, We need to give God our best. But not to elevate ourselves above one another. We're all of the same value. It took the blood of Jesus. Right. Now I knew there would be a man in a white shirt sitting on this side of the church. I knew it. And there's only one opportunity, because it's you. Can I minister to you? Sure. I just want to put my hand on your shoulder. I'm not going to get too weird about this. But I want to speak what the Holy Spirit spoke to me. The diagnosis was a fact. 
and they did their best to tell you what they know by medical knowledge and wisdom. But I'm telling you right now, you're healed. Yes, sir, I'll do that. You're healed completely. Take it. Receive it. I am the unquenchable fire and I burn condemnation out. Sickness and disease, condemnation that's come against you must go right now. Receive it. Just receive it. Receive it. Receive it. Totally healed and healthy. Right now in the name of Jesus. You receive that? Well then, if there's something you couldn't do before, you ought to jump up and do it right now. Just, just do whatever it was that you couldn't do before. Praise God. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Yeah. Praise God. Amen. Um, I guess I better quit. Don't want to, but I guess I better to honor the time. Love you all. Thank you for having us with you. Um, so glad. Good to see you again, sister. Praise the Lord. I'm glad you're part of this. Faith is the thing. Faith is the thing. I'm so glad you took us to Hebrews 11.4 on the, on, the, on the Cain and Abel story because I was, I was, I was going to show you in the margins of my Bible, uh, Abel brought an offering of faith. And 11.6, Hebrews 11.6 says, Without faith it's impossible to please God. Can we stop trying to please our Father? Can we stop studying the Word to please Him? Can we stop praying to try to please Him? Can we stop? Let's just stop it. And understand that in Christ Jesus you are approved and accepted. Could you start living a life from acceptance, approval, understanding that all you got to do to please the Father is get over in faith, and that's confidence? It's confidence. How do you have confidence? Well, I heard Pastor Mike speak a while ago. I'm confident about what he said. I heard it. When we start hearing, we start seeing and knowing in the Spirit, Holy Spirit's real, then we become confident. And he'll never speak to us or lead us in a way that's contrary to the written word. Thank you, God, for the word. Amen. Amen. Father, I thank you. I thank you for this place. I declare blessings on Living Word Church of the Living Word in Boonville. I thank you, Lord, for Pastors Mike and Linda. I thank you, Father, for every individual and every family that's represented here right now. I thank you, Lord. I declare life, eternal, everlasting, perpetuating life in every realm of their existence, spirit, soul, body, relationships, and finances. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Pastor.